Hey there, you're listening to Combo Breaker, a one-two punch of enthusiasm. Each week, I present a tiny interruption to share something that I'm digging on. I'm your host, Cole, and you can check out OKRetro.Zone to stay on top of new podcasts, videos, and more. So, here we go. This week, I wanted to talk about the Flash Gordon movie that came out in 1980. Let me hit you with some highlights real quick. One, costuming is amazing. Two, Queen did the soundtrack. Three, Voltan is very cool. Four, Clytus is an evil henchman with a golden mask that he constantly wears. Five, um, I guess I didn't state if these are good or bad highlights, but it's way more sexual than I realized outside of the obvious scenes, so learn, learn that. Uh, though it's not on any level near Barbarella, but uh, problematic at times. Six, Emperor Ming, or Ming the Merciless, also problematic. Um... Oh, seven, hot hail. So now that we've had our rapid fire highlight reel, Flash Gordon is a space opera. The movie starts with Flash, a New York Jets football player, getting in a small plane with Dale, a news reporter. At the same time, Emperor Ming is somewhere in the universe wanting to play with and destroy Earth. He has a, a sweet control system that highlight um, that's highlighted and it flashes with hot hail, which is my favorite thing to say, hot hail. Try it. Uh, soon after the plane takes off, they find turbulence, and apparently Flash has flown a plane before, so he goes to talk to the pilots, like, as if there's something he can do. And then a meteorite hits the plane, and the pilots disappear, probably, like, sucked out of it, I don't know. And then Flash tries to land the plane, and it crash lands into a phallic-like greenhouse research facility, and, well, if his goal was to park inside of it, he did a great job. When they get out of the wreckage of the plane, they meet Dr. Zarkov, who is on to Ming, or what he, what Ming is doing at least, not knowing Ming is, well, Ming. But Zarkov tricks them into another phallic-like spaceship, uh, telling them it's a phone booth, booth, I believe. Uh, Booth. (laughs) And then off they go into space to confront whatever is attacking Earth. There's a mysterious interlude by Queen, and they're, like, passed out. It's weird. Um, and then there's some bonkers green screen effects going on in the background that uh, looks like uh, like you've dropped uh, ink or oil, oil paint into water, and it's just kind of uh, moving. I don't know. Uh, but once they land on some landform, a landmass within the territory of Mongo, which may also be slightly problematic, but we'll get to that, uh, you get the first real glimpse at the costuming at, um, for some of the soldiers or knights that um, capture our Earthling friends. Here they are taken in front of Emperor Ming and his court. And the court shows many groups from around Mongo, and you get the vibe that Ming's empire def just keeps them around to play with them, it seems. Uh, Ming kills a leader for trying to assassinate Ming um, to protect his people, which, hi, his name is Ming the Merciless. They start pretty strong. But uh, here's a good time to talk about how problematic he is. Uh, he's played by Max von Sydow, uh, who's also the character at the beginning of Force Awakens who gives Poe Dameron the, the little chunk of the map. Uh, just a little fun fact there. But Ming's depiction in TV and films has oscillated between being very devilish in nature to feeding into those yellow peril vibes um, of the like sinister villainous ruler of like East Asia. Uh, his appearance, uh, his first appearance in Flash Gordon, um, he was just referred to as the Emperor. Uh, and his domain is called Mongo, like Mongol. Uh, 
and it's a hella white dude playing an Asian inspired character um, with like I, I don't say this term lightly but like orientalized clothing so it's problematic oh and he has a Fu Manchu and I and he has some like uh, long stylized uh, nails so that's yeah it's just something to be aware of. Yes, the movie is from 1980, but it's pulling from iconography that started in the 1930s. So while I do love it as a fun space opera, uh, it's things to be aware of. So yeah, back to Ming. Um, he's a real truck nut. He kills the insubordinate leader and then Flash, our fearless football player, decides to lead a revolt in the chamber full of lower tier dignitaries who also reluctantly follow Ming. There's a song that's played uh, called Football Fight, and Flash does some sweet football plays. The court is super into it, also passively aiding Flash in um, his fun-tivities. But Flash goofs and gets taken away where he will be executed. Dale, the reporter, is taken to be made the wife of Ming. There's some shit with basically, like, why not roof yourself problematic um, to be okay with marrying him and dealing with Ming. So <sighs> trigger warning on the movie for sure. Um, and Sarkov, our dear doctor friend, genius face, uh, he's going to get his memory and knowledge strained because uh, that would be obviously the, the biggest torture for him. Oh, and Clytus, who is the right hand man of Ming dresses in all black and has a gold angular mask and he has these red associates who follow him um in different parts of the movie where they have a, a red robe similar to like um the imperial guard in star wars but they have like a gold skull mask with no no jaws it's it's got a vibe i like it so like bad across the board am i selling you on this movie um this all happens really quickly and early in the movie, and it sets up the stakes and, in fact, shows Ming as merciless and a villain who must be defeated. I forgot to mention that Ming has a daughter, Princess Aurora, who is mm, manipulative and horny as all get out. But she apparently, um, off screen, uh, concocts a plan to save Flash Gordon, having not met him, and then gets him to Arborea, where the tree guys live, who are one of the groups that you see in the, the Great Hall scene. In that, uh, the, the tree guys, you have Timothy Dalton, who is the leader. I believe his name is Baron, but we're going to call him old Timmy Boy. Um, but Timmy Boy is a hothead um, who's also into Princess Aurora. Everybody is in this movie. Everyone's into her. Um, but she wants him to protect Flash as she like figures out the rest of the plan and he isn't having it. Also, Baron and Flash challenge each other to a duel about putting their arms into this like uh, center of a tree where there's like a beast that poisons them. Uh, it's stupid. The scene is filmed in earnest, but like Macho is not what I would use to describe the scene at all. But uh, this is kind of where the movie gets cool. It's kind of a jumping off point. Um, it's where Flash kind of escapes like a... Uh, maybe he was, he was put in prison in with the treatment a, a less than stellar situation but he wasn't dead so there's that 
But from this point, you have three characters trying to escape and save themselves and each other and the planet Earth. So eventually our friends end up in Sky City where um, there's Hawkman, so that's cool. And my favorite, Voltan, who is played by Brian Blessed, or Blessed. I don't actually know how to say his last name. I only refer to him as Voltan. And he has some panache. But uh, now Flash Gordon and Prince Baron, old Timmy, um, have a fight on a moving spiky spiky uh, platform that kind of tilts as they move around it and there's spikes that come out of the floor it's great um so they have to have like a i don't know they're dealing with their issues and then clytus who's the right hand man ming shows up uh to come wreck house and he is quickly murdered which is kind of kind of lame but like probably needed to happen uh also he wants to be with princess aurora too and he's creepy as hell about it uh but too bad he's done now but Sky City eventually starts to collapse and everyone's got to go. But here we are kind of rolling in to my favorite scene. I'm going to kind of mash it up here a little bit for us. But okay, so in Sky City, spoilers, Flash rallies Voltan and Baron and their people to fight against Ming. And on one side of their great effort, you have scenes like Han and Chewie working through hallways of the Death Star, creeping against walls and shooting stormtroopers. But in this movie, it's Prince Baron and he's shooting weird red soldiers. Uh, yeah, it's great. And then on the other, you have Flash, one flying, quote, flying blind on a rocket cycle to have Ming's basically Star Destroyer follow him into the clouds. Oh, yeah. All while Dale is getting ready to marry Ming and a wedding procession is happening and one of Ming's generals in an effort to shoot Flash is like, ooh, look, lasers, in honor of the royal wedding. Don't be alarmed. All while an uprising is happening outside of this royal wedding, like as a backdrop. So the Star Destroyer starts to move into the clouds. Flash reunites with the Hawkmen and Voltan as they ready an assault on the Star Destroyer-like ship. As soon as that ship is visible, uh, Queen Music kind of hits overdrive and Voltan yells, dive, at three different times. So um, it kind of ratchets up each time. It's three different takes, all very good. And you have Hawkman flying down to a Star Destroyer and fighting like red armored like samurai influenced skull masked soldiers. Yeah, I hope you like explosions. It's all very good. But oh no, did I tell you that there's a force field? Zarkov and Baron are trying to take down the force field so Flash won't die as the Star Destroyer comes crashing down into whatever building part of Mongo we're in. It doesn't matter. Uh, they do it. They succeed. It's fine. The ship slams into the ceremony and harpoons Ming. Ming slinks off the nose of this battleship and somehow Flash has a sword and offers to spare Ming's life. Uh, if he stops like, t attacking Earth. He says no and then vaporizes himself, I think, with like a ring. A celebration ensues. Baron and Aurora rule the land. Voltan is in charge of the armies. Flash, Dale, and Zarkov, you assume, return to Earth somehow. Oh, and Dale and Flash are in love or some shit? I don't know. It it all moves very fast. And then at the end, uh, the ring that vaporized Ming starts to glow. So maybe or maybe not he's dead. Uh, it's hard to say. The movie is perhaps not great. I'm deaf part of that cult following. I randomly look up movie paraphernalia on eBay, which isn't a thing I usually do, surprisingly. You could say there are parallels between like Flash Gordon and Star Wars being that, or many pieces of cinema, um, that there is an oppressive villain and the heroes have to stop for nothing to save everyone. But there's some part of the 
that pull that is very personal, you know, and it's in space. But where Star Wars has a way of weaving humor to relieve tension, Flash Gordon kind of falters a bit with maintaining a coherent voice for the narrative. Uh, but I don't enjoy it any less. But um, I've been watching this movie for years now. I was introduced to it a few years back and I watch it more than I'd like to admit. But it wasn't until the last time I watched it where I was like, whoa, this is a bit more horny on Maine than I thought. Uh, to be fair, it is no Barbarella, but... I was like, hey, Voltaire's cool and has wings and a dope outfit. Surprisingly, I never paid attention to Princess Aurora, but I don't know. The aesthetics are fucking wild. Sets and costuming are amazing. Flash being the most uninteresting of them all, wearing just a white t-shirt. Well, not for most of it, but like, that's what you think of when you think of him. Um, but the movie's cool, pulling from the comics and previous television shows, melding with the acid-washed ideas of the late 70s. I mean, Queen made the damn soundtrack, and the green screenshots often have a psychedelic acid color swirl. You know what I'm talking about. The movie is wild, but I would like to warn, um, having now apparently watched it with my head on my shoulders, there are some consent issues throughout the movie, mostly implied, but at least one scene of abuse, so do be warned. Um, but the movie is cool. I love this quote from Roger Ebert. Flash Gordon is played for laughs, and wisely so. This is a space opera, a genre invented by Edgar Rice Burroughs and Hugo Gernsback, and other men of unlimited imagination harnessed to definitely limited skills. It's fun to see it done with energy and love and without the pseudo-meaningful apparatus of the force and Trekkie power. Is it fun? Yeah, sort of it is. Thanks, Roger Ebert. I've read it four times and I still don't know if it's an overall compliment to the movie or a dig at Star Wars and Star Trek, but yeah, is it fun? Yeah, sort of it is. It is a gorgeous film, and to see what they did with the visual effects and what they were capable of doing in production in the late 1970s, there's a polish there that other cult favorites like Jim Cotta don't even get near, and that was made years later. Here I did more of a complete look at the film than I usually do, but I did still skip over quite a bit of the movie. Um, so if it sounds like anything you dig, do check it out. It's a ton of fun. There's literally a song called Football Fight, and I think knowing that that paints a pretty good picture of what this movie is like. And Queen, though you don't really hear Eddie Mercury much, uh, Voltan definitely makes up for it just a little bit. But thank you for listening to Combo Breaker for a one-two punch of enthusiasm. I hope you enjoyed this week's podcast, and if you did, I hope you share it with a friend. And follow me on the social medias at WeAreOKRetro okay to see what I'm up to. Also, check out that Twitch at WeAreOKRetro okay if you want to hang out in real time. I hope you all have a fantastic week. Until next time.